Hi, this is Taylor Rotwell back with another Laravel snippet. It is March 15th here in the office, wrapping up another week of working on Laravel. This week was a pretty good week. We released a patch release of Laravel on Tuesday. We actually make patch releases of Laravel every Tuesday um, in the 5.8 series. And we've been making patch releases on Tuesdays for the last few months. And we also released uh, patch releases to several of the libraries in the Laravel ecosystem. So every Tuesday, you can actually go out and probably look for those patch releases. Um, kind of an unwritten thing I've been doing over the last few months, like I said, just to kind of have a schedule on when the patch releases actually come out. And those usually contain all of the either non-breaking feature additions from the previous week, as well as bug fixes. Um, unless it's a pretty serious bug fix, which we would go ahead and release. Even if it was not a Tuesday, we would go ahead and push that out. But typically, most things is in the Laravel Tuesday patch release. I continue to work on my secret project that I've been preparing for Laracon. I also got someone in their beta testing this week besides me and uh, Muhammad. So that was nice. was able to work out a few kinks and a few bumps in the software. And hopefully they'll be able to provide uh, some more good feedback going forward. So always a pretty big step actually getting someone else into a sort of new package or product and letting them uh, feel it out and discover things that you haven't um, seen yet and, and fix things. So hopefully that proves to be pretty valuable. Um, Dries continued working on, you know, various packages in the Laravel ecosystem this week. Uh, quite a few patch updates went out to various packages actually. Um, and Muhammad's been working on some new upgrades to the Laravel.com website that uh, we have in the pipeline for the next few months. And uh, that's all coming along really well. So I'm excited about that, excited to get that out there in your hands. Um, there was also some discussion on Twitter this week about, you know, what makes code good. And there's a lot of different opinions about this, really. And everyone kind of has a different um, take on what makes code actually good. And um, I think earlier in my career, maybe, maybe like eight or nine years ago, um, I considered good code to be good if it sort of checked off all these little boxes. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe it adhered to solid principles, quote unquote, or maybe it, um, you know, was abstracted in a certain way or followed a certain design patterns or looked a certain way. And these sort of like little check boxes you can check by your code to sort of say, is my code good? Yes or no. And uh, I got to thinking lately, you know, when someone asked, you know, what metrics do I consider now uh, to be good code? And I think a lot of those sort of checkboxy metrics are still pretty valuable as well. Um, but I think a lot of what I think makes code good is, is a little bit harder to explain. It's a little bit more intuitive. Um, typically, I think of code as being good if I can change it really well. If it doesn't feel like I'm sort of forcing the code to do certain things, like sometimes it feels like you're building a feature and you just have to like you're just kind of shoving the code around and sort of bossing it around in these hacky ways until it does what you want. And to me, that's usually indicative of code that's not good. Um, so I like my code to just sort of, I like things to flow. And if it feels like the features are able to be added or changed very naturally and the code is sort of cooperative in that way, um, to me, that indicates that the code is good. And, you know, also in your tests in the same way, am I having to do really hacky things to test the code or are the tests pretty easy to write, you know, in, in eight to 12 lines of code, I can have a nice test uh, around a feature. So those are some of the things that I think of as making good code lately. Um, you know, some people are pretty vocal about good code is only good if it follows, again, like certain check boxes, like all my classes are marked as final or you know, uh, I have return type hints on every method. And to me, that doesn't really, 
that doesn't really make any code good or bad. That's just like very, very superficial surface level stuff that anyone can do. You know what I mean? Anyone that's been programming a week can uh, mark classes as final. So, or, or put certain like declarations on their code, you know? So what, what makes good code is actually something that requires, I think a lot more time and a lot more intuition in terms of, and nuance you know, it's not something that you can just sort of blindly check off boxes and say, here's my code, it's good. Anyway, so sort of a vague topic, but it was an interesting one, I think, because I haven't actually sat down in a while and thought about to myself, what is good code? I mean, I think we kind of know it when we see it a lot of times, so it's hard to articulate why something is actually good until you actually sit down and think about it. Um, you know, and I think that kind of ties in with um, something else I've been thinking about recently, which is Sometimes when people are, are getting started working on side projects or stuff like that, they'll ask me, you know, how do you, how do you do, or how do you manage so many projects and products? And I think one major key is to not get tied up in these very subtle forms of procrastination. And co this is sort of obsession over certain forms of code quality. I don't want to say true code quality because I care a ton about code quality, but I think there's a sort of obsession over quasi code quality like um, getting certain architectures in your mind, uh, you know, perfectly correct or implementing certain patterns that are popular at the time, maybe around data storage or just how your app is kind of architected. Um, it can sort of be this subtle form of procrastination where you never actually start working on the core of your product because you're kind of doing all this ancillary and peripheral stuff that's related to your product, but it's not actually the product. Um, and it's, it's a very subtle thing that even I've kind of fallen into sometimes where you're not actually doing any work. You're just sort of like, um, doing all this related stuff that doesn't actually further your goal very much. So, uh, I think it's best, you know, if you're starting on a new product or project, just to dive right into the, um, you know, the hardest aspects of the core product and actually start writing real code around the core business value of the product um, immediately. That way you're getting feedback faster and you're sort of uh, making real progress and you can always, um, you know, refactor and clean things up as you go and, and keep it nice and neat, but, uh, go ahead and dive in and just get started. I think that's the best way to approach any new, uh, product or project. All right. So, um, Laracon 2019 was sold out. We've had a few cancellations. So I release those back into general availability. So there actually are a few tickets out there if you go out and um, try to purchase them on Eventbrite. We also still have tickets available for Laracon After Dark. That is the bowling and sort of um, mingling party after the first day of Laracon. We sold a few hundred tickets uh, to that, but we still have probably, I would say, 40 or 50 more spots open for that. And um, if they don't all sell out beforehand, I think they'll probably sell out at the event itself. Um, so go ahead and get your name uh, and get your ticket on that list so that you're able to come out and have fun with us after the first day of the conference. All right, so I think that's all I have for this week. I will be back next week with another update. Thanks.